Chapter Twenty Seven of the Purple Flame by Roy J. Snell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Twenty Seven The End of the Trail. Troops of conflicting hopes and fears waged battle in Marion's brain when she realized that the pack approaching them on the run up the trail in the teeth of the storm were not wolves but dogs. There are two types of dogs in Alaska one more wolf than dog is the native wolf dog this type once he is loosed leaps at the throat of the first reindeer he sees a pack of these dogs in such a crisis as the girls were now facing would not only destroy many of the feebly struggling worn-out and helpless younger deer but beyond doubt would drive the remainder of the herd into such a wild panic as would lose them to their owners for ever were the dogs of this or the other type white men's dogs who treat the reindeer as they might cattle or sheep and merely bark at them and drive them forward if they were white men's dogs they might save the day for the barking of such a pack as fresh for the struggle as they appeared to be would doubtless drive the exhausted deer to renewed efforts and carry them on over the top with bated breath and trembling heart marian watched their approach once hope fell as she thought she caught the sharp key of a wolf dog in this she must have been mistaken for as they came closer she saw that they were magnificent shaggy-coated fellows with an unmistakable collie strain in their blood oh she cried the chariots of the lord and the horsemen thereof it was a strange expression but fitted the occasion so well that patsy felt her heart give a great leap of joy indeed the steeds of the arctic if not the horsemen had come to their aid in a time of great need and passing them with a wild leap the dogs burst upon the deer with a rush and roar that sent them forward by leaps and bounds staggering forward the girls followed as best they could now they were a thousand yards from the summit now five hundred now three now two and now the first deer were disappearing over the top enheartened by this the others crowded forward until with one final rush they all passed over the top and started down on the other side just as the girls reached the crest and were peering over the summit a shrill whistle smote their ears it sounded again and yet again there was a movement just before them then the snow-covered pack of dogs rushed pell-mell past them on the back trail downhill someone whistled to them they are going back how wonderfully they must be trained exclaimed patsy they were someone's team marian said slowly as if for the first time realizing that they had not really been sent direct from heaven to save them they're somebody's team he knew we were in trouble and turned the dogs loose to help us i wonder who he could have been for the present the question remained unanswered the herd had gone on before them it was all important that they join them so having straightened out the draw straps to their sleds they began making their way down the hard packed and uncertain descent it was not long before they came upon the herd feeding on a little mountain plateau terogluna was already busy making camp and attatak thawing out food over a fire of tiny scrub fir trees isn't it wonderful to think that the great struggle is over whispered marian contentedly as they lounged on their sleeping bags an hour later this is really the worst of it i hope fort jarvis can't be more than four days away now 
over a smoother down trail if only we are in time sighed patsy we must be oh we must be exclaimed marian passionately surely it will be too much to struggle as we have and then lose before marian fell asleep she set her mind to meet any outcome of their adventure she thought of the wonderful opportunities the sale of the herd would bring to her father and herself near some splendid school they must rent a bungalow there she would keep house for him and go to school in her mind she saw the wonderful roses that bloomed around their doorstep and pictured the glorious sunsets they would view from their back door perhaps too she told herself patsy could live with us for a year or two and attend my school when she had pictured all this she saw in her mind that the race had been lost that scarberry had sold his herd to the canadian officials that she was to turn the heads of her leading reindeer toward the home tundra with great difficulty at first but with ever increasing enthusiasm in her imagination she drove the herd all the way back to enter once more upon the wild free life of the herder it really does not matter she told herself it's really only for father he is so lonely down there all by himself in her heart of hearts she knew that it did matter mattered a very great deal indeed brave girl that she was she only prepared her mind for the shock that would come if the race were really lost four days later the two girls found themselves approaching a small village of log cabins and long low-lying buildings this was fort jarvis they had made the remainder of the journey in safety leaving their herd some ten miles from the fort where the deer would be safe they had tramped in on snowshoes marian found her heart fluttering painfully as her feet fell in the hard packed village path had scarberry been there was the race lost had the man of the purple flame been there had he anything to do with the deal twice they asked directions of passing indians at last they knocked at a door the door swung open and they found themselves inside a long low room at a table close to an open fire sat a man in uniform he rose and bowed as they came toward him you you are the agent for the canadian government marian faltered addressing the man in uniform the man nodded his head and smiled a little welcome you wish to buy a reindeer herd marian asked the question point blank i believe the man answered quietly that i have already agreed to purchase one you you marian sank to a chair the shock was too much you see the truth is smiled the major as though there had been no interruption i believe i have agreed to purchase your herd my herd exclaimed marian unable to believe her ears but how did you know of my herd how did you know i was on the way who told you one question at a time young lady laughed the major i think i have a number of surprises for you as to your first question i will say that i have never heard of your herd until two days ago that day two days after the great storm a half famished indian reached fort jarvis driving a splendid team of white men's dogs they had been hard driven after we had fed him he jerkily told the story of your race against a man named scarberry he told us of the treatment you had given him of your kindness to his people then he told of scarberry told how scarberry's herd had been delayed and held up along the trail and how he had tried to be of help to you 
then he told of your battle against the storm and how once you were safely over the pass he had driven night and day to reach here his hope was to get here ahead of any other herd and intercede for you such loyalty is not to be denied and i told him that should your herd reach here in good shape that i would give it preference even should scarberry get here ahead of you i believe that answers one of your questions but how in the world did this indian know that the government had agreed to purchase a herd asked marion in the north answered the major rumor flies fast even over seemingly uninhabited places and you may depend upon it that the indian will know what is going on even if he does have but little to say now to business i understand you have brought the herd with you yes answered marian they are at our camp about ten miles out then we may consider the deal closed there remains but to count the deer to weed out those that are too old or too weak for the final drive then to make out your order on our government we have lapland herders who will assist in the work you may rest here with us until the count is completed after that i will see that you have guides and dog teams for the passage south to the railhead oh how wonderful exclaimed patsy impulsively leaping to her feet but bill scarberry she asked suddenly did he really win no smiled the major he has not yet been heard from so you won the race after all good exclaimed patsy i could never have been happy again if we had lost even if marian did sell her herd after a night's rest at the post marian and patsy felt like they had come into a new life they had lain awake long into the night exchanging excited whispers over their good luck the next morning as marian was passing down the street she noticed a dog team there was something about the leader that looked familiar one glance at the driver brought an exclamation of surprise to her lips he was none other than the indian she had saved from starvation and who in turn had served as her guardian angel that is the dog team that came to our rescue in the blizzard was her mental comment while she had been told the rest of the story by the major she preferred to have the story from the man's own lips she found him very reluctant to talk but after his heart had been warmed by a splendid meal of boiled reindeer meat and coffee he told his story from the time she had given him three of her reindeer until the present moment shortly after leaving her he had come in with some of his own people who were well fed and prosperous knowing that the girls were headed straight for trouble and feeling very grateful to them he had persuaded one of these his kinsmen to go with him and to follow the reindeer herd with his team of white men's dogs it had been they who had driven the wolf pack away and had left a rifle and ammunition for the girls it was their dog team that had been released from the sled and had assisted in driving the reindeer herd over the mountain but why did you do all this marian asked the man looked at her for a moment in silence then he asked why did you give reindeer because you were in need and you a faint smile played across his face you too were in need indian all same white man then marian understood and her heart was filled with a new love for all those strange people who inhabit the white wilderness the next day marian and patsy together with the major and his lapland herders went out to marian's camp 
and there began the business of sorting and counting the deer this work continued for three days and on the evening of the third day leaving the herd in charge of the lapland herders marion patsy and the major together with terogluna and attatak started for fort jarvis by way of deer sled topping a hill some two miles from fort jarvis they suddenly came upon a tent just before they reached it the interior became suddenly lighted with a strange purple flame marion halted her deer with an exclamation of surprise the purple flame she gasped and turning to the major said i can stand this mystery no longer do you know who is in that tent why yes i think so said the major i think it is mr montgomery an old prospector he is well known throughout the north why do you ask i want to meet him said marion will you please come with me to his tent a moment later a hearty old man came to the door of the tent in response to their call and with a cheery smile acknowledged the major's introduction of marion and patsy at once inviting them in imagine marion's surprise when upon entering the tent she saw a young girl of about her own age seated at the radio sending set and there under the deft fingers of the girl operator a crackling purple flash jumped back and forth across a wide spark gap the girl of the purple flame gasped patsy at sound of her voice the girl turned around and smiled a welcome marion turned to mr montgomery so you are the people of the purple flame are we indeed laughed the old prospector yes said marion and i thought all the while back there in alaska that you were dogging our footsteps and to speak honestly we feared you well well laughed the old gentleman so that was your reindeer camp we thought all the while that you were dogging our footsteps then the old prospector launched into a long story that cleared up the entire mystery of the purple flame it appeared that in his youth he had been a prospector in alaska and had found a very rich vein of gold ill health had overtaken him and he had been forced to return to the states years passed and fortune and wealth had come to him but the lure of searching for gold was still in his veins and in the end he had come again to alaska thinking to find his mine the years had somewhat dimmed his memory and he had searched in vain for the lost mine moving from day to day he had been just as surprised to note that marion's camp moved with him as was marion to discover that his camp moved with hers in time he had become suspicious fearing that they were dogging his footsteps he knew that he had been well known throughout the north in the past and he feared that others knew of his lost mine and that concluded mr montgomery is the reason i never called at your camp and that radio set said marion with its flash of purple flame is the reason that i never called at your camp there was something so mysterious about it all the old prospector smiled i suppose he said that my having a sending and receiving radio set is a bit strange and perhaps a little mysterious certainly the set is a bit strange for to my knowledge there is not another set like it in the country it is very compact and yet most powerful you see my interests in the outside are very extensive and it is necessary for me to keep in touch with them by the use of this set i can keep in touch with my agent in nome and he in turn can keep in touch with the states by use of the cable 
it was the spark of my set while sending that made the purple-coloured flash which kept you so mystified you know most mysterious things become quite simple when you find out all about them this radio has made it possible for me to come back and look for my lost mine it's the lure of the thing that draws me not the desire for the gold and then it was that marian remembering the treasures that she had found in the cave on the enchanted mountain and feeling that she had something in common with this old prospector told him her story as she told of the carved ivory the old man's eyes glowed with delight and in the end he insisted that he go into fort jarvis with them that he might at least see the piece they had brought along and hear terragluna's story at the post old terragluna in a halting way read the pictured inscription on the four sides other bits of information furnished by terragluna convinced the old prospector that terragluna's great-uncle had been his guide in the days when he was first prospecting and had found the mine mr montgomery wanted to set out at once with terragluna and attatak for the cave on the mountain why he exclaimed that's very near my lost mine for i remember that my old guide terragluna's great-uncle spoke of the cave as a place where we might winter in safety should winter come down upon us before we expected it how wonderful said marian we have just completed the count and sale of our deer patsy and i are going back to the states and i am sure terragluna and attatak will go with you and you will be in good hands she added giving both of the faithful servants a glowing smile the sale of the deer was successfully completed after a much-needed rest the girls began the long journey to the outside so far were they from the strange cabin of the recluse musician they were unable to return for the treasure they had taken from the mountain cave many months passed and then one day as the two girls returned from an afternoon of shopping in chicago marian found a registered package awaiting her from its bulk and from the many postmarks upon it she knew at once that it contained the long-awaited ancient treasure her fingers trembled as she undid the many wrappings when at last she came to the treasure she found each piece separately wrapped the copper instruments and the old ivory pieces were just as she had found them tarnished and blackened with age but what is this she held up before patsy's astonished eyes a green bowl which gleamed in the light like a crystal why exclaimed patsy as she saw her cousin unpack another and another and yet another he has thought your old dishes were useless and has sent you some of his exquisite glassware instead how strange murmured marian ready to cry with disappointment she had hoped to surprise mr cole the curator of the museum with rare pieces of ancient pottery such as had never before been brought from the arctic and here were only four pieces of glassware how they had ever come to be here she could not guess but here they were look cried patsy what a strange appearance they have when you hold them to the light and see two of them are blue and two are tawny green like huge cat's eyes wait said marian here is a note from our aged friend she unfolded it and read it aloud please pardon an old man's fancy i could not resist the temptation of polishing these up a bit the very sight of them makes me envious they are indeed a rare find i have a guess as to what they are made of but your friend the curator will know 
so exclaimed patsy they are the very dishes you found in the cave how very very strange we must have mr cole come over at once said marian half beside herself with curiosity she raced to the telephone and a moment later had the curator on the wire if you have read our other book the cruise of the omu you will remember that marian with her two friends lucille and florence had once made a rare find for the museum so you will not wonder that so great a man should hurry right over in answer to their call when he arrived marian placed one of the bowls in his hands with a single comment from a cave in a mountain in alaska for three minutes he turned the bowl about before the light what do you want me to tell you about it there was a strange light in his eye almost everything exclaimed marian what's it made of who made it how long ago how wait a bit not so fast the curator held up a hand for silence you should know what it's made of he smiled what was the blue god made of jade and this is that jade too blue and green jade then then the bowls should be valuable quite decidedly as for your other questions much more information is needed before we can know who made them and when so far as i know nothing of this kind has ever before been discovered were there any other pieces marian held out a handful of ivory pieces for ten minutes there was silence in the room save for the click of specimens as the curator turned them over then turning suddenly mr cole put out his hands to the girls i want to congratulate you he said his eyes gleaming upon your good fortune in discovering the finest collection of specimens ever brought from alaska from its discoloration this ivory should be at least five hundred years old the bowls are doubtless of the same period that makes them priceless on hearing these words marian's joy knew no bounds as for patsy her unselfish pleasure in the success of her cousin was quite as great as if it had been she who had made the find it was arranged that mr cole should take charge of the specimens and should advise marian in regard to their disposal marian's dream came true she and her father secured the bungalow rosebush and all and owned it free from debt there was money enough left for her education as for patsy she was glad enough to hurry back to rejoin her classmates in louisville kentucky an unfortunate part of having plenty of money is that it is likely to shut out from one's life the thrills that come with a struggle for an existence for the time being marian's life lost most of its thrills not so however with her friend lucille tucker you will remember her from reading the blue envelope the cruise of the omu and the secret mark life for her continued to have thrills aplenty our next book the crimson thread will have to do with the adventures which came to her during a christmas vacation if you think that two weeks time can contain but few adventures this book will prove that you are mistaken end of chapter 27 end of the purple flame by roy j snell read by lynn thompson in the willamette valley